No rock will take my place. I, Tolu Alokwe, will be the one to give thanks and praises to the Lord. Well, my name is special. It's about praise. So I don't have a choice than to praise the Lord. Now, if your name doesn't have a praise line in it, why not in that one? If your name is Festus, why not say Okwe Festus? You know, whatever. I'm just saying, you know. If your name is uh, Shadi, why not say Shadi Okwe or Okwe Shadi? You know, make sure there's some praise in your name <laughs> this morning. I want to say good morning to us. Fuel or no fuel, we're going to serve Jesus. Whether there is fuel or there's no fuel, we will serve Jesus. We've been in this country before in 1993. In the days of CD, 93, 94, Campaign for Democracy. A generation don't know what I'm talking about. There was no fuel. Our cars were in the filling station for weeks. No fuel. We will trek to church. Then I was living, we were living, my wife and I, we were living in Akobo. And Vine Branch was at Agodijiari. We will trek. She will back our first child, Oluwafeidara. And we will trek from Akobo to Agodijiari. We had cars, but there was, there was no fuel. There was no gas. Gas finished. Remember, we started buying coal pots and charcoal. Amen. <laughs> We served God or we did not serve God. We survived that era or we did not survive that era. We will survive. We will survive. This one too is a passing phase. Hallelujah. So I'm saying I can't go to church because I don't have money. You know, let me borrow a Yoruba word to describe them. People who have nothing to do. That's who they are. They say, you know, I couldn't get cash at the ATM. No new Naira note. So I couldn't come to church. They don't have anything doing in the first instance. Hallelujah. Worst case, you can do transfer online. Praise God. You don't have online on your phone. You can do star 737 or what of, you know, those USSD, something, something. Nothing! Shall stop us from serving the Lord. What can separate me from the love of Christ? Shall nakedness, shall peril, shall hunger, shall famine, shall war, shall disease. Nothing. The Bible says, nay, in all these things, who are we? More than conquerors. Hallelujah. So some are not in church this morning and they're not even watching online. But thank God you are here. Thank God for those who are watching online. The Lord will be reaching out to every one of us today in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen to that? Okay, influence markers, that's what we're talking about. I took the first uh, two Sundays ago and this is uh, in all likelihood, uh, this should be the concluding part. It's still about influence. We have said in its simplest meaning, Influence means uh, to affect another in a positive way, amen, without direct impact. Or you can say influence simply is indirect impact. We have said every creature of God is created for influence. So there's influence in every creature of God. The trees give influence. The ground is influential. The air, oxygen is influential. Carbon dioxide is influential. In fact, carbon monoxide is highly influential. Why is that so? It leads to death. If you take in, you inhale carbon monoxide in very high proportions, you die. In some parts of the world, when people want to commit suicide, they lock up their cars, their cars in garages, switch on the engine and the fumes, the exhaust fumes from the vehicle. I'm not teaching anybody how to commit suicide. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why die? Why commit suicide? Amen. Why die? Help me ask somebody. Why die? Don't die. I saw something. One preacher was preaching. I said, don't die. How many people saw that? He said, don't die. Men, don't die. He said, your wives, 
or women too can have challenges, but women know how to take care of themselves. They wake up in the morning, they put powder, they put foundation, they put their makeup, you know, the tigerly, they put on their jewelry, and they put on their wigs, and off they go. When you see them, you think they don't have challenges. They have challenges, but they know how to go through challenges. Amen. Men are way down with their challenges, you know. No makeup. We can't use, we can't use wig. You, you understand? <laughs> so they will see it all over the face of the man. Woman can put on pancake. You know, men, nothing like that. Amen. Don't die. Why will you commit suicide? If you commit suicide, it's double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Hmm? I've told you about my classmate who couldn't pronounce the uh, uh, st- strategy. He would say tragedy. And we used to call him Awurani because of the way he looked. You look at him and you want to smile. You want to laugh. And he would always ask a question in class. Some people don't even know. Raise his hand. Sir, the tragedy should be, we say it's not tragedy, it's tra- strategy. He say, okay. The tragedy, I say it's strategy. <laughs> so that would be double tragedy. The man is not enjoying life here and is ending up in hell because he took his life. No, don't take your life. Amen. But I'm saying carbon monoxide is also influential. Everything is influential. But carbon monoxide, is uh, that one leads to death. When you inhale it in excess proportions. Everything around us is created for influence. So the animals, the birds, the trees, the seas, the water bodies, the rivers, all for influence. A child in the womb, a fetus in the womb, has influence from inside the womb. True or false? So mothers even tend to know the temperament of the child that is coming from inside. The way the child kicks. And there are some children, they are filled with the Holy Ghost from inside. Amen. Did it happen in scriptures? Yes, it happened in scriptures. Amen. When, when uh, Elizabeth greeted Mary, what did Mary say? She said, uh, when Mary greeted Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth said, the babe in my womb leapt for joy at the greeting. Some children are filled with the Holy Ghost from inside. Amen. There are some children in this church, born in this church, when the mother was pregnant with them, anytime I entered the hospital ward, it was later she was telling me, anytime I entered her ward to pray with her and to encourage her, the moment I spoke, the the children will start kicking while praying. There'll be excitement going on within her. When I step out of the door, everything goes back calm. I say, it's true, God called me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Even the children know that God called me. Fetus know that God called me. Did I need that to confirm that God called me? No. I'm just joking. But that's serious. That's a testimony from the mother of those children. Amen. So some children, you know the temperament from inside. Listen, everything that God created, God created with the capacity, the ability for influence. Amen. Influence like we know could be positive or negative. We had all this during the anniversary. The serpent was an influence, but was a negative influence. The serpent said to the woman, Genesis 3 from verse 1 to 4, has God really said you are not going to eat of every fruit of a tree in the garden? And uh, in verse 4, he said something. Genesis 3, 4. He said, you will not surely die. So the serpent was trying to alter what God had said. Do you understand? God said, you will die if you eat of it. The serpent said, you will not surely die. The devil is always opposing whatever God has said. Don't allow anyone, anything, talk you out of what God has said to you. Hello, church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Caleb, on the other hand, was a positive influence. Numbers 13 and verse 30. 
Whereas uh, all the other spies said they were not able to go up and take the land. Caleb said, we will go up, we'll take the land. The Lord is with us. He tried to steal their evil reports. Joshua was not talking there. But Joshua too was convinced about what Caleb said. Because Joshua was Moses' personal assistant. You know, it was only their generation that eventually got into the land of promise. The generation of Joshua and the generation of Caleb. Positive influence. We are influenced to influence. Don't forget, we've made that point. We are influenced to influence. Look at the woman at the well of Sika in John chapter 4. The woman who had had four husbands or five husbands and the one she was staying with was not her husband. We don't know whether it's four or five. Amen. You know, she was all over the place. Amen. <laughs> and Jesus met her. Come see. She went to the city. She went to the men. Not just the city. The men. Her constituency. Come see a man that ever told me all that I did. Is this not the Christ? And the whole city came. And for two more days, Jesus Christ could not leave until the entire city, you know, experienced a revival. And they believed. Listen, she was influenced to be an influence. You are, t- you are to... Be constantly influenced so that your influence can grow, so that your influence can increase. The question is, are you increasing in influence? Am I increasing in influence? On Sunday of the anniversary, Pastor Claudia gave us tips on how to grow in influence. Are you growing in influence? Because your influence must grow. My influence must grow positively. Amen. So we're influenced to influence. We have said whatever influences you, dominates you. Whatever influences you, controls you. There's something they call DUI in some parts of the world, driving under the influence. DUI is a traffic offense. You you lose points on your license. You can even uh, lose your license entirely. I have a friend who runs that program, you know, somewhere uh, uh, in the United States, uh, DUI. So some places are licensed uh, to deal with those who are Offenders, DUI, driving under the influence. You know what that means? Under the influence of alcohol. Why? Alcohol has dominated them. Whatever influences you, dominates you. If alcohol influences you, it dominates you. You are no longer in control. It is the alcohol that is in control. Hello, church. You know, there's something, that, something they call wine. But there's another one they call spirits. And in some places they say wine and spirits. Amen. Wine is fermented fruit juice. Abi. That's, that's why. Hey. But spirit is beyond the fermentation. The one they call spirit. Mm. When you are seeing whiskey, brandy, gin, <laughs> Russian vodka, that is spirit. You know, spirit is spirit. The word spirit in Yoruba is the word emi, spirit. The spirit. When you are under the influence of spirit, the spirit controls you. The spirit shocks you. You understand? You are under whatever influences you, dominates you. All you are thinking is what that spirit says, think. What you are doing is what that spirit says, do. Amen. Where you go is what that spirit says, go. So you are under the influence of alcohol. Alcohol alone direct. So that's why you see a man, normal responsible man, all things being equal. He looks irresponsible. He can't even walk straight. At times when they pull some people over because they suspect that they are drunk, they are under the influence of alcohol, the officer simply says, can you walk in a straight line, sir? Till you enter jail, sir. Till you enter jail, madam. With full respect, can you walk in a straight line? So, and you want to prove that you are not drunk. <laughs> you are very serious. You know, normally you walk in a straight line without effort. So the guy does like this. <laughs> He's under the influence. Can we be under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Can the Holy Spirit tell us where to go? Tell us what to do? Tell us what to say? Tell us what to think? Can he tell us when to get up? Can he tell... Can we be under the influence of the power of God? Can we be under the influence of the word of God? Whatever influences you, dominates you. 
Influence. Somebody say influence. Praise the Lord. What is a marker? We have said a marker is anything that identifies another. Anything that calls attention to another. So don't forget you were made for influence. We rounded up by talking about the core. The core. C-O-R-E of influence. We talked about the place of association. The place of environment. And the place of exposure. And we said uh, association. We looked at the story of David. Saul was looking to kill him. And David ran to Samuel. In, in Rama, you know, and Saul sent messengers to go and arrest him. First set of messengers were disarmed. How were they disarmed? By the spirit of prophecy. Eh? So the spirit of prophecy can disarm. So you can disarm a man without guns, without bows, without arrows. You can disarm the enemy. Eh? The Bible says when a man's ways are pleasing unto the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. They were disarmed that day. Nobody shot an arrow. Nobody shot a gun. Nobody raised a sword. But they were disarmed. They were asked to go and arrest somebody. And they began to prophesy. And the spirit of prophecy came upon them and they prophesied. Second set, they prophesied. Third set, they prophesied. Saul said, what nonsense. They must be weak men. And Saul prophesied over a distance of like three kilometers before he got to the place. He was supernaturally disarmed. And people began to say, is Saul also among the prophets? Association. 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 Environment. Environment. We looked at the story of Saul and Silas. Saul, Saul didn't change his name to Paul. Did you hear what I said? Saul did not change his name to Paul. So in the case of Apostle Saul or Apostle Paul, there was no name change. Let me tell somebody, no name change. In the case of Jacob, the patriarch Jacob, there was a name change. There was a name change from Jacob to Israel, because as a prince of God, you have powered with God, you have powered with men, and you have prevailed. Amen. So his name changed to Israel. But Paul's name did not change. Saul, Saul was his Hebrew name. Paul was the Greek version of that name. Hello, church. Praise the Lord. So Saul or Paul and Silas were in jail in Acts chapter 16. They had been beaten black and blue. Their backs were raw from the, from the effect of the, of the beatings. And the Romans were experts in beating. The Romans uh, were experts in torture. Amen. If you, if you care to study Romans chapter 7, where, where, where Paul was saying, who will deliver me from this body of death? It was using a Roman execution strategy, a Roman torture strategy of their day to explain that scripture. Amen. He said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? He said, for the good I want to do, I don't do. The bad I don't want to do, I find myself doing. He said, now I realize it's no longer I that do that. It is the flesh or it is the law that walketh in me. Remember that place, Romans 7. Hallelujah. He said, who will deliver me from this body of death? When they wanted to torture a man to death, they will tie a corpse, a corpse that is already decaying. They will latch that corpse on the living man. They won't beat him. They would latch, you know, they would fasten a corpse that is already decaying on a living man. While the man is alive, he too will start decaying. Can you imagine that? He will start decaying. Because a decaying corpse is tied to him. He can't get up, he can't go anywhere. He starts decaying. And that's how sin latches onto the life of a man who has not received mercy flowing from Calvary. Who is with me this morning? And Apostle Paul was in jail together with Silas. They had been beaten black and blue by the Romans who were experts in torture. 
So the pains they felt were not just light pains. They didn't have light abrasions or lacerations on their back. Mm -mm, They were deep cuts. The ones that smote Jesus, that they beat him to pulp. He had no form of recognition. He 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 had no beauty or comeliness that we should behold him. That was how they beat Jesus. He didn't look human anymore. Amen. Those same people beat Paul and Silas. And at midnight hour, the Bible says, they sang praises, they shouted praises to the Lord, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. What was the effect of the earthquake? All the prison doors flung open. We understand that. But earthquake should not make a man's chains to break off. Everybody's chains broke off. And the earthquake did not affect the rest of the city. It was only... <laughs> The earthquake was direct only, uh, directed only at the prison. That, 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 that's a different kind of earthquake. That's one you can't measure it on Richter scale. Amen. Did you hear what I just said? But everyone, all the prisoners, everyone's banks were loosed. All their doors were opened. Why? Environment. They were in an environment of God's power. Who was God after? God was after Paul and Silas. But every other person was liberated. Amen. Environment. And exposure. Whatever you are exposed to influences you. And we use COVID-19 as an example. If you are exposed to an infected person, in all likelihood you also will become infected. So whatever you expose yourself to affects you, influences you, or better still, infects you. Can you expose yourself to God's word more this year? Let the word infect you. Let the word influence you. Can you expose yourself more to prayers this year? Let the Holy Ghost influence you. Let the Holy Ghost infect you. How many of us are Holy Ghost infected? How many of us? Don't you know it is a good thing to be infected by the Holy Spirit? Are we still together? Are we still together, please? Amen. Exposure. Now we have said influence makes you become. Influence makes you become. Why? It's a dynamic force. It changes you from one form to another. And that change should be consistent and progressive. Second Corinthians 3, I believe 18, it says, But we all with open faces beholding as in a mirror. Old King James says, in a glass, the glory of the Lord. We all are changed. We all are progressively, consistently, continually changed into the same image. Which image? The image of the glory you are looking at in the mirror. The more you look at it, the more you become like it. The more you look at it, the more you become like it. So there is power in becoming. Mm -hmm. So influence the dynamic force, it makes you become. Your family makes you become. Your background makes you become. Your training makes you become. Become something. Amen. True or false? The church you go makes you become. The personality of your pastor makes you become. When we're in school, we belong to the Christian Union Fellowship. Some people belonged to another fellowship. I don't want to mention their names. But I will say it, you'll, you'll get it. And after a while, they all will start talking like the general overseer. You heard when Pastor Lalua came, me have not changed. It's still the same me. My, my personality has not changed. It's still me. Amen. Praise the Lord. But these people... They all assume the personality of their general overseer. 
Brother Tolu, that's me. You did not come for lectures yesterday. I did not see you. Hope all is well. So I will look at them to know how to answer them. Whether to answer them in their with their style. Because how can somebody begin to talk slowly like that? And that's not how you talk normally. Otherwise, say, talk like yourself. What, what's all this? Uh, Bro, Mike, please, do you have the note for financial accounting? I said, talk normally. What's all this pretense? You now know the people I'm talking about. So even your pastor can influence how you talk. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank God. Nobody talks like me. Amen. But there are other things uh, that you can learn from me. Amen. But not how I gesticulate. For instance, I can never dance like Alagba. When you see Alagba dancing, Alagba, stand up. Let the camera go on him. This is the person called stand up. Have you seen this man dance before? People know him, but some may not know him. If you don't know him, one day you'll see him dance. He dances like somebody that doesn't have anything he's thinking about in the world. Some people don't even know that he's a married man, father of two children. Amen. Some do not even know that when he finished uh, university, he made a first class. Does this look like a first class material to you? Because some people see him dancing, they think it's NFA. This guy is loaded. He's full of substance. Hallelujah. But when he's in the presence of the Lord, anything, anything can happen. Anything goes. Am I right or wrong, sir? Sit down. Sit down. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I can't dance like that At this age, what am I looking for? I cannot dance like, like, like that Pray, Praise God forever Hallelujah I wish I had known you when I was a lot younger But then you two would have been very young Your vibes couldn't have been like this then eh, Vibes, you know, you know. <laughs> But stay, let everybody stay in his own lane Hallelujah Influence Becoming the church you go makes you become. The choices you make, your priorities that you act upon, act, act upon consistently affect you. The course you read in school has made you become whatever it is you are right now. Amen. Some people don't know how to manage money. Yet we live in a financial economy. We live in a financial world. If you don't know how to manage money, we had a neighborhood meeting yesterday. They asked somebody. He was, his name was on debtor's list. So they called him and they said, you are owing your neighborhood dues. You know what he said? He said, but I donate bullets to the neighborhood guards. They say we say you are owing, you say you are donating bullets. Who asked you to donate bullets? You did it voluntarily. He said they should go and calculate the cost of the bullets he's been donating to the neighborhood guys. Ah, the man said, what nonsense is this? Uh-huh. Some people's mouths are open. We have different kinds of people. And then somebody who knew him very well said, but this man used to be very wealthy. They said he mismanaged his wealth. You know, when a man doesn't have money, he starts using a giddy. And you see a man, it's because he doesn't have money. And he says, somebody said, if a man has money, whatever the wife says, it's okay. It's okay. And he came out worried, it's okay. Mommy wants to fight, daddy says, it's okay, daddy has money. Mommy wants to fight, daddy doesn't have money, you will see something. <laughs> Let me go back to the message. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Now you will realize that when we say becoming, it's suggestive of time, a process. It's not something that happens immediately. It's subjected to several factors and conditions. Amen. So it's suggestive of process. And we have heard that influence is like yeast. 
Yeast works quietly and patiently. And eventually, the whole dough will rise. Amen. And then we can have bread. So let's talk about becoming. You behold to become. That's the first thing. You behold to become. You behold in order to become. We behold 2 Corinthians 3.18. That we quoted a while ago. Can you bring it up for us? But we all with open faces beholding as in a mirror, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. We all are changed. Beholding as in a glass. Beholding as in a mirror. So what you behold, you become. You behold the glory of God in his word. You become like that. Amen. Your health becomes like that. Your life becomes like that. Your body becomes like that. Is somebody getting it? Amen. Your career becomes like that. Everything that has to do becomes like that. The gospel affects the totality of your being, the totality of your existence, your marriage, your children, your wife, your husband. The gospel affects everything. Amen. That is why the head of a family, the man, should know what he's doing. Amen. Did you hear what I said? It affects everybody. Praise God forevermore. You are the high priest of that home. Man, let me address you. If you are weak spiritually, you are telling your family it's okay to be weak. It's okay for the children to be weak. It's okay for your wife to be weak. If you are weak spiritually, you'll be weak emotionally. You'll be weak mentally. You'll be weak physically. You'll be weak financially. You'll be weak even in, uh, you know, every other area of life. Is someone listening to me? God is not a magician. He works by his principles. Sisters, look well before you marry. Don't marry a weak man. And if all he does is to pray and to read Bible, he's still a weak man. Because some people, that's all they know. They say, don't worry, God will make it happen. 9 a.m. is still tying up and he's speaking in tongues. 10 a.m. is still browsing and checking his phone and, see, and he's waiting for a miracle alert. I said, God is not a magician. God is a miracle worker. There's a difference between miracle and magic. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> So you behold to become. You behold. We remember the story of Joseph, uh, Jacob in Genesis chapter 30. You know, Laban just changed the terms of his remuneration. Laban, his uncle, said, listen, from now, any animal that has a mark on the body will be your own. Any other animal that has just one color or that is plain is my own. And guess what? He left the animals that were plain colored. He left them with Jacob. He said, look after them. All the animals that had marks on them that were spotted, he drove them three days away, three days journey away from where Jacob was and he handed them over to his sons. Do you know, I've said it before in church, do you know that before Jacob got to Laban's house, Laban did not have male children. So Jacob was meant to be the heir of Laban. And I won't go there because of time today. Okay, so, <laughs> that day, before you can have baby animals, there must be an adult male and an adult female that will copulate and produce that day, Jacob made sure, um, Laban made sure that Jacob started from zero. There was no male spotted animal or female spotted animal in what he left with Jacob. So Jacob was left high and dry with the responsibility of looking after animals uh, that were all plain color. How would he 
now gets his own wages. Where will the animals that had speckled or dots or, or designs or patterns on them come from? Where will they come from? I'm sure Jacob must have called upon the God that appeared to him at Bethel. Because at Bethel he covenanted with the Lord. If thou wouldest be with me and keep me as I go, I will come back and worship you in this place. Remember that place in Luz when he was going. He must have called upon the God of Bethel, the God of a covenant. Don't forget the God of your covenant. As challenges come in the course of year, don't forget the God of your covenant. Amen. Don't forget the God by whose name you are called. Don't forget the blood that saved you. Don't forget the word of your inheritance. Don't forget the Holy Spirit that has sealed you. I said, don't forget. Help me tap something. I said, don't forget. As we go on in this year, don't forget who you are. Don't forget what you have. Don't forget. And so what happened to Jacob? Let, let's quickly read Genesis 30 from verse 37. Then Jacob took some fresh branches. I'm reading from a New Living Translation for the sake of the rock media. Then Joseph took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, because the Lord must have directed him. Don't discount what the Holy Spirit tells you this year. Because he acted based on revelation. These did not come from his mental realm alone. These was inspired by the Spirit of God. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar. I call this bioengineering <laughs> in the Bible. Scriptural bioengineering. From poplar, almond, and plane trees, and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs, where the flocks came to drink. For that was where they were, they were for that was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave back to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock. You know, Laban's own were all plain. So now he had started giving back. He had started getting those that had designs. It was separated. This is Jacob's. This is Laban's. Let's read on. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. You see, Jacob's supplanter. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban because he was Jacob, supplanter, deceiver, Agbari, 419, Jaguda. Uh, his name had to change to Israel. True, true. Amen. Let's read on. Then they will mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with like flocks of sheep and goats, female and male servants and many camels and donkeys. So whatever those animals beheld in front, they became. Whatever those animals saw in front, they produced after. Do you know that is the same principle in teaching? In teaching and instruction, where does the teacher stand? In front of the class. And the teacher, the students are looking at the teacher. They're looking at the examples. They're looking at what he's saying. And they tend, in the examination, they tend to answer the questions from the standpoint or from the influence of their teacher. Amen. I would never forget my own example as a student in secondary school. We had a teacher. Who taught us mathematics and additional mathematics? Mr. Abu Abedu. That was his name. And he will say to us in the additional mathematics class, we're few, we're about eight or so in additional mathematics class. And he will say, when you get home, carry your Bibles and walk problems, solve problems. You know our Bible, 
Godman and Talbot. That was the book we used for additional mathematics there. Godman and Talbot. Say, carry your Bibles and work problems. The thing worked. So, I would carry my Bible. I wasn't a Christian. Some people got born again in secondary school. Some of us are. Anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. And it worked. He, there was even something he told us to do again that would make us sleep. See, I won't tell you that one. Because some people will say, even pastor said it on the altar. You know, one must be careful with influence. I won't tell you. But there was something he said that we should do, which was sinful, so that we can sleep. He said, but when you wake up, you'll be refreshed. Carry your Bible. Your brain will be fresh. Go to a quiet place and solve problems. That book was divided into pure mathematics and applied mathematics, for those who remember that book. Does anybody remember that book? Godman and Talbot. Eh. Pure maths, applied maths. All the questions in pure mathematics, Tolu solved all of them before exam, before work. Applied maths, I did like 80% of the questions there. On the day of additional mathematics examination, I didn't know they had started. I was still at home solving questions, enjoying myself. And they said, Okusan, what are you doing here? I, I said, I have paper in the afternoon. They said, they've started. I said, started what? I emptied a bucket of water on my head, put on, I didn't comb, I didn't towel dry, put on my uniform, took my four-figure table and my mathematics says, you know, then it was four-figure table. And I said, I started running to school. When I got to the exam, the invigilator was an Indian. He said, what have you come to do? I said, I've come to write this paper. He said, you are just coming. This is additional. I said, yes, I know. I said, I didn't know that they had changed the time. He said, okay, I will allow you. He said, sit down. So I sat. And I finished before all the people that I met. He said, I submitted. He said, you are going? I said, I'm going. I'm finished. Are you sure? And he started shaking his head. He thought I was mad. You know, they say mathematics has a way of... Uh, so he was shaking his head. Uh, oh, who are the parents of this one? Uh, I kid you not. What you behold, you become. If you are a teacher, be a good teacher because you are influencing lives. It was Abiyu Abedu. I had A1 in additional mathematics. A1. When my results came out, the principal said, oh, I said, sir. You had A1? I said, A1, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Somebody who came late. What you behold, you become. Who is in front of you? Who are you looking at? And you are the one in front. Are you the best you can be? Do you, does your message reflect authenticity? Or you are a fraud? You are a fraud when, you, when your life is not matching your talk. Who is with me this morning? An influence. So what you behold, what you look at, you become. So your children are beholding you, they will become you. Our children are beholding us, they will become us. So what are we reflecting to them? Praise the Lord. Do you know when it was time for uh, uh, Philip to die? Was it Philip that was stoned? Or Stephen, the first matter. Stephen, the first matter. I always confuse Philip and Stephen. You know they were ordained the same time. Stephen, the first matter. Do you know at some point, Stephen saw the heavens open. He saw the glory of God. He saw the Son of Man standing at the right hand of a father. He said, behold, I see the Son of They stoned him. And as he was dying, he said, Lord, hold not this sin against them. They were stoning somebody to death, but he was full of love. He had beheld the glory. He had become love. Jesus, love. God the Father, personification of love. There was no bitterness. If it were to be somebody else that was dying like that, they were stoning him. He said, 
Lord, hold this against them to their second, their third, their fourth, their fifth generation. One, the What you behold, you become. Hallelujah. Where you belong, you become. So beholding is becoming. Belonging is becoming. So you belong in order to become. Where do you belong to? Let's read that scripture again. Proverbs 13 and verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. I'll read that in the New Living Translation. Proverbs 13, 20. Are you there? Walk with the wise and become wise. Ah! So you know you are not wise. Solution is simple. Walk with the wise. You know you don't know mathematics. Solution is simple. Walk with those who know mathematics. Wale, wale with them. Go in, go out with them. Praise the Lord. Whatever it is you don't know how to do, look for someone who knows how to do and be a friend of that person. After a while, the breeze will get to you. The breeze, the attendant of that thing will blow on you too. Amen. And then they will say, what happened? I used to have um, a tailor and then he had a manager and um, after a while, his manager traveled out of the country, went to China because he read English, but he started doing tailoring. He went to China to teach English in China. In those days, uh, you know, English teachers were making a lot of money in China. And after he made some money, he came back to set up his own business and he started his own fashion outfit. And he too began to do like his boss because that was the person that trained him. Amen. And at times, some people will come to you. They say they want to make clothes for you. And you tell them you have your tailor. They say, no, I can do better. And you try them. And you see, common line is not straight. It's a go up and down. You sure you understand? I know what I'm saying. What I'm wearing this morning is even an evidence of that. Are, are you getting it? It's not my tailor that sold it. But I wanted the person to feel happy. So once in a while, I wear what I'm wearing. Because I will ask, ah, Straight line. So they can't show straight line. If you're a tailor and you don't know how to say straight line, you better go back and learn properly. Straight line. Some tailors, when, when they finish the hem of the, this thing, the hem of the garments is, is loose. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's read something very interesting. You belong to become. Watch your company very well. Be careful who you company with. If you company with the rebellious, ah, you will suffer the consequences of rebellion. If you company with excellent people, you will enjoy the privileges of excellence. The choice is ours to make. Numbers chapter 16. Your community affects you. You tend to buy into their values, their ideals, their priorities. See, their goodwill becomes your goodwill. Their assets become your assets. <laughs> their liabilities also become your liabilities. Be careful. So if you know that this person that you are accompanying with has a negative balance sheet, there's something we call a negative balance sheet. That is, the shareholders' funds have been eroded. That's not the kind of friend to keep. This, there's something in Yoruba. Pardon me, I'm a Yoruba man. There's something they say in Yoruba, they have a phrase, an expression, Dabi Motida. 
That is, become as I am. If somebody is down, is clear. And that person that is clear is the person you are looking at as your mentor. I'm afraid. I'm not saying don't befriend people who are without means. No, 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 no. I'm talking in the context of influence. Is that okay? In the context of influence. Is that okay? Ben Carson's mother, what did she do? She was poor. She didn't have any money. She was a maid, housemaid to many wealthy and individual, many wealthy white families. And so she will get home and look at her impoverished son and say, stop talking like that. In the place where I walk today, see how the son of the man was talking. Stop talking like that. Stop talking like the son of wealthy people. Stop talking this gutter language. Ben Carson's mother. The man has grown up today. You know the 2016 election that brought Barack Obama in? He contested the primaries. In fact, he was one of the ministers under his uh, administration, Ben Carson. A psychiatric neurosurgeon of international repute. They brought him to Nigeria one time. He addressed them for 15 minutes and, and left again. That's how precious his time is, 15 minutes. The mother said, start talking like them. Start thinking like them. We may not have their money yet, but let your thinking change. You know, your talking is a function of your thinking. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Aha. Number 16. You belong to become. You see, in number 16, something happened. Israel was in the wilderness. Moses was the leader of Israel. Aaron was the high priest. Moses and Aaron were from the family of Levi. But God did something. He separated Moses and Aaron. In fact, Moses was in a class of his own. Now, Aaron was like next category to Moses because his own class was the class of the high priests. Now, the general Levites were in the third category. So, Moses the leader, Aaron the high priest, together with his sons, and then the rest of the Levites. And then one man who was from the tribe of Levi also. He was a general Levite. His name was Korah. He said, what's all these things? Hey? What's all these things? Are you the only one, Moses, that can hear God? You know, that was rebellion. You come from the same tribe that I come from. So what's the big deal? And you'll be going, you'll be going, you'll be going, you'll be going, going and coming, going and coming, as if you are the only one. Bo, go sit down somewhere. Let's see how what, daddy. Nonsense. And for your information, anytime you give an instruction again, I'm not going to listen, I'm not going to obey. You know, that's rebellion. If you ever see anybody like that fighting constituted authority, he's <laughs> no more constituted authority. Anyway. <laughs> That's not the kind of friend to belong to. That's not the kind of company to associate with. Let's read. Verse 7. Number 16, verse 7. Are we still together? Number 16, verse 7. And he put fire therein and put incense in them before the Lord. Tomorrow, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord. This was Moses talking. Let's know who God has chosen among us. Since you are saying, what's the big deal about me? Or what's the big deal about Aaron? Or what's the big deal about the sons of a high priest? So put fire in your incense. Bring them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. Moses was answering. And Moses said unto Korah, Here, I pray you, you sons of Levi. 
Cement it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel had separated you from the congregation of Israel because even Levi was separate from the rest of the 11 tribes or the rest of the 12 tribes. Levi was separate. Do you know the tribe of Levi were not given inheritance, no land, no houses, and so on. But God said some cities, cities of refuge and some lands were for the Levites and their descendants after them. And nobody could buy the land of the Levites. God took care of them. They were a special tribe. But that was not enough for Korah. Let's read on. Cement it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel had separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also. Are you now saying you want to take the position of Aaron? The priesthood, for which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord. So what were they doing? They were rebelling against the Lord. Can you rebel against the, the one who made you, your maker, and, be succeed, and, and, and succeed? 11. For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron that you murmur against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. See, Dathan and Abraham, they were not Levites. So. They were from the tribe of uh, Zebulon. One was from the tribe of Reuben. But Egbe Kegbe, you know Egbe Kegbe? You want to join others so that you can be seen to be happening guys around. Yes, we're in support of Kora. Kora, I got your back. Kora, I'm with you all the way. We're going to show Moses. We're going to show Aaron. He's not going to try that again anymore in his life. Eh? Okay. So, you remember the last song? You know, so let's read on. The Bible is sweet. Verse 12. And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abraham, the sons of Eli, which said, We will not come up. The leader was calling them. They said, We are not coming. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of a land that fled with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? Except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us. You've made yourself leader over us. Did he make himself leader over them? Where was Moses when God called him? On the backside of a desert. He saw bush that was burning. The bush was not consumed. He had a voice. The voice said, put, off, put your shoes off. Your, he put it off. He said, now I'm sending you back to Egypt. He said, sir, ah, I know what my eyes saw before I ran here to Midian. Let us just maintain status quo. He said, I said, I'm sending you back. So who called who? God. Yahweh. Jehovah called Moses. So they said in verse 14, Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that flirted with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will thou put out the eyes of his men? We will not come up. And Moses was very annoyed and said unto the Lord, Respect not their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. Let's, let's cut some. Verse 20. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation. You belong to become. Separate yourself from among the congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. So what happened? And they fell upon their face and said, Ah, O oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and will thou be wrought with all the congregation? <laughs> and the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Datan, and Abiram. Because everybody was together in the camp. And I said, Let the people separate themselves from those rebellious ones. Why? 
judgment was looming. 25, Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abraham, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan and Abraham, on every side. And Dathan and Abraham came out, and stood in the door of their tents, sealed, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children, innocent ones. Their wives that were not even there when they were answering Moses. Their children that were not even there when they were answering Moses. Their little ones, infants, one year old, uh, one month old, two month old, three weeks old, they were there. Can you imagine? And Moses said, Hereby shall you know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain to them, and they go down quick into the pit, then shall you understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass as he made an end of speaking all these words. What happened? The ground clave asunder that was under them, that is the ground opened up. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained unto them went down alive into the pit. And the earth closed upon them and they perished from among congregation. And all Israel that were around about them fled at the cry of them. For they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. Unbelief. Problem. They also were running so that the ground would not swallow them. They didn't commit that rebellion. God had separated them. But do you see how? They ended up, watch the company you keep. Watch the company you keep. Watch the company you keep. If the company you keep will make you look like them and their best does not measure up to God's standard, run. 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 You belong to a company that they don't pray. You belong to a company they don't read the Bible. You belong to a company anything goes. You belong to a company of those who can sleep with anybody. You belong to a company of those who can tell any lie. They can falsify any record. Run! Americans will say, run, far as run, run! It is not every company that is designed for you. We're talking about influence. Your business associate can do anything. Don't you need money or any money? Are you a fool? Uh, yeah, I, I need money, but it is not at any cost. Some people, if they see money like this, they are ready to say, Jesus, for the next 30 minutes, she understand, I will sing. After 30 minutes, I will come back and make up with you. I know you are merciful and forgiving. You will forgive me. Is the Lord a fool? I can't speak for him, a man. But I know he's not a fool. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. I know that one is in the Bible. Praise the Lord. So you belong to become. First Corinthians 15, 33, what does it say? Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. The Passion Translation, 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. So stop fooling yourselves. Evil companions will corrupt good morals and character. Pastor, you don't understand though. Pastor, you don't understand. He's a nice guy. Nice guy. Good heart. 
He only has that weakness. He only, he only smokes weed. And he only smokes it in the morning. By afternoon, you are clear, you know. When you see him say, decent, nice guy, no problem. So, you see, I'm, I, I, know the, I know where to draw the line. You know, there are some things he does that I can't do. Ah, Pastor, I'm okay. Ah, Pastor, do you know he proposed to me? I say, who? He said, that guy I told you about, the one that weeds in the morning. Okay. I see. So he proposed to you, he wants to marry you. So you become the wife of the person that weeds in the morning. Hey, but he's, he's gentle. He doesn't hurt anybody with his weeding. Ah. Egbami. When he takes his drugs, you know, he just takes his drugs and uh, he's a very calm guy. Pastor, very neat and decent. In fact, he's more, he's more decent than you are. He's neater than you are. Sisters. Mm. And these days, ladies are into drugs more than men. So, brothers... Be very careful. Bro, obre, be very <laughs> careful. A banker, female banker, told me, she said she has colleagues. She works in Zenith Bank. She said, Pastor, I have colleagues, females that are into drugs, that they can't function at work until they take their drugs. She said, Pastor, I'm scared. I'm scared. Because some people are hearing what I'm saying. They think what I'm saying is perfect. I'm talking practically. Oh. One guy was on a commercial bus, in a commercial bus. They were going somewhere traveling. And some ladies were there. And they had, you know, bottles of water, so to speak. And they were drinking. And this brother, I think, wanted to, you know, get into the conversation with the ladies. Maybe he was good looking or something. Maybe he could... Uh, Get involved with one of them. Say, ah, you are just taking this, your drink, you are not offering us. They say, ah, brother, they said to him, brother, can you take it? He said, ah, what you ladies are drinking, what's wrong with me? So they say, okay, oh, and they gave it to him. And brother took, and it became all right. The vehicle stopped. He had, they laid him on the road, though, by the roadside. It was almost dying. So they revive them. You know, when they are reviving them, you know how they do? They kick them, they slap them, you know all those things they do to them. You say, ah, we thought you say you are a guy. I say, I tell you. Don't let the wigs deceive you. Don't let the weaves deceive you. The nails, the extra eyelashes. Don't be deceived. You behold to become. Finally, you believe to become. You believe to become. Luke's gospel, chapter 1, 18 to 22. I want to read. But do you know Zechariah believed and he became? What did Zechariah believe? Zechariah believed that what the angel was saying was not going to happen and he became. <laughs> so doubting is believing. But doubting is believing in the negative. You get it now. Zechariah believed. He believed by doubting. <laughs> Do you know fear is also faith? But fear is faith in the wrong thing. 
Fear is faith in the negative. Doubt is believing. Doubt is believing in the negative. You believe to become. So because he doubted, he became dumb. Until the day of the naming of John the Baptist. Until the day that he was given a writing tablet and he wrote and said his name shall be called John. That was the day that his tongue was loosed. For the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I'm the angel of good news. I stand before the God of heaven. Because you have doubted these words, you'll be dumb for a season. You believe to become. There was another person, a contrast. The angel said to her, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of a most high will overshadow you. And that holy thing that shall be conceived in you shall be called the son of God. Mary. Mary had and she went uh, to check on her cousin because the angel said, Behold, your cousin Elizabeth, it is six months with her that was called barren. I'll go and confirm. So she went. <laughs> and Elizabeth said, As soon as I heard thy greeting, thy salutation, the babe in my womb leapt for joy. Ah, so it is true. And he said, How come the mother of my Lord has come to visit me? The mother of my Lord. Ah, so Mary was receiving confirmation. Concerning what had happened to Elizabeth, she was also receiving confirmation concerning what the angel had said to her that the Messiah will come from her. Because Elizabeth said, What the mother of my Lord has come unto me. And Mary said, Blessed is she who believes, for there shall be a performance of those things which I told her. You believe to become. You believe to become. Manoah did not believe. The wife said to him, we're going to have a son. He's going to be a Nazarite from birth. And so on and so on. He said, I did not see the angel. Whether he's male or female, tall or short, I don't know. Maybe you are even deceiving me until I see the angel and so on. Hey, stop doubting. Start believing. Your belief shapes your world, shapes your perspective. When you believe, you become. You believe that you are healed, you'll be healed. You believe that Christ paid the price for your healing, you'll be healed. You believe that Christ paid the price for your deliverance, you'll be healed. You believe that your business is in the hands of the Lord, you will see it happen. Amen. If you don't believe that, and uh, it is what those in the industry are saying, that is, that is what you two are saying, your experience will be the experience of those in the industry. Hello, church. At a time of famine, Genesis 26, that was when Isaac sowed in the land. It was the time of famine. Isaac sowed in the land. And check Isaac. Isaac ordinarily was a livestock farmer. It was not a crop farmer. But in the time of famine, he diversified by inspiration. Some people are not listening to me. Can you listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost to know what to do? And believe what he tells you because you'll become. Isaac sowed in that land. He believed. He did, not, he did not continue with livestock for that time. He, he now started as a crop planter. And in that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. The Bible says he grew. He went forward. He grew until he became very great. Do you understand? Now his flocks had crops to eat. The crops were doing well. The animals were doing well. In the land of famine. He was not moved by what was happening in the industry. Say, Pastor, there's a recession. Even Europe is affected and so on and so on. 
Because of that, you have believed and you've come to the conclusion that life must be hard for you. I wish you were. But some of us we choose to believe what the word of God says. Yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. That there's a whole world of difference between both. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. The experience of a person beside me will not be my experience. We are not the same. Hallelujah. Following the principles of God's word make you believe. And when you believe, you become. It happens. It's a process. It will happen eventually. And men will see it. Hallelujah. Because there's a difference between magic and the supernatural. Praise God forever. A man of influence is a man who touches lives. He touches lives. Wherever he goes, he touches lives. Docas died. They came to call uh, 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 Peter in Joppa. And they said, come. We, there's someone you need to help us with. The widows were showing him all that she gave them when she was alive. And they were crying. He put them all out. He prayed for her. He knelt. He prayed. He said, Tabitha. She opened her eyes. Here is, they were very happy. That woman had touched lives. There was a centurion. The Bible says the Jews were the ones who spoke for a centurion. When you hear centurion in the Bible, that's a Roman. That's not a Jew. He was a foreigner. He was their oppressor. The Romans came to oppress the Jews in Palestine in the days of Christ. The Jews were under Roman control and influence and dominion. They were second class citizens in their country. They should not like the centurion ordinarily. But they said this centurion is different, okay? He has touched our lives. He loves our nation. He built us a synagogue. You must listen to him. You must go. They say his child is, or his servant is sick. You must go. Jesus said, I will go. And the centurion said to him, don't come. Speak the word. The man got the miracle he wanted. Listen, are you touching lives? If you're a person of influence, you will be a teacher. We teach by instruction. We teach by example. We teach by discernment. Did you hear what I said? We teach by instruction. We teach by example. We teach by discernment. We also learn by discernment. If you're a person of influence, you'll be a person of value. A teacher must carry value. Otherwise, what do you transmit? A teacher transmits knowledge. And the knowledge you carry must be such that you can teach. Second Timothy 2 and 2, what does it say? The things that thou hast heard of me, commit them unto faithful men. Who will be able to do what? Teach others also. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're a person of influence. You should be a teacher. Hebrews 5 and 12. For when for the time that you, have to, you ought to be teachers, you have need that won't teach you again. He was saying that, listen, by now, on account of growth and maturity, because of the length of time for which you've been in the faith, you should be able to teach. Who are you teaching? Can you open your mouth and teach somebody God's word? Some parents, some fathers are here, they can't teach at family altar. They can't teach their children. They say, when you get to Sunday school, when you get to children's church, rock kids, they will teach you. Yeah, it's a disgrace if you're like that. Is someone listening to me? If you're a person of influence, you'll be able to teach, you'll be able to touch, you'll be able to teach. And guess what? You'll be able to transform. You can transform. Somebody will say, thank God for my boss. Thank God. One day, an employer, well, he's a friend of mine, but he has a couple of businesses. And uh, he's a chief financial controller who is a chartered accountant came to him one day and said, Oga, I'm fed up. My marriage is not working. My husband is laid back. 
I pay school fees, I pay house rent, I'm the one building our house. He said, he said, shut up! And she was scared. He said, it is not my business. What goes on between you and your husband? So that's number one. Number two, if God has made you a covering to your husband, it's a privilege. Be praying for him, be encouraging him, and be doing what you are doing as well. You will have a reward for doing that. That's a good boss. So he said from then, she will even ask for counsel on how to handle something. That's a good boss. Are, are you getting it now? Ah, so her thinking changed. Whose life are you transforming? So if you are a person of influence, you will touch, you will teach, you will transform. Let us pray. Let us pray. You cannot give what you do not have. You can't teach wisdom if you are foolish. You can't transmit knowledge if you are empty. If you are light, you are a light person. You can't be a person of value. You can't be a person who is grave. Who will want to learn from you? What have you got to offer? So let us pray and ask the Lord for his help. Please rise. My brother, are you recording? I see you with the phone in front of you. If you're not recording, then put it in your pocket. Can we ask the Lord for his help? Can you ask him to open up some things unto you about yourself that will make you the man and the woman of influence that he has ordained for you to be? Can you tell the Lord to help you to see as he sees? Can you ask him to direct your attention to areas of your life that need the touch of heaven? Can you pray and ask the Holy Ghost to make you a person of value, a person of kingdom value? Can you receive the power, the, the resources of the Spirit of the Lord? The resources of the Spirit of the Lord. Wisdom, might, counsel, knowledge, understanding, discernment, Isaiah 11, 1 to 2, all those things. Judgment, insight. Receive them for yourself. Listen, what do you need to be a person of influence? Ask God to give you what you need to be a person of influence. Ask the Lord to invest those things upon you right now. He will, if you will believe him. He will. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And God who gives liberally to all. And upbraided not that he's, he doesn't discriminate. He will give unto you. What do you need to be a person of influence? Ask him for those things. A mother should be a person of influence. A father should be a person of influence. A grandparent should be a person of influence. A professional should be a person of influence. An employee should be a person of influence. The slave girl said, Would Lord my master, we are with the prophet in Samaria. He will recover him of his leprosy. She was a servant girl. She was full of influence. Say, Lord, all that I need to be a person of influence, release upon me. Your wisdom, your breath, your glory, your power, your excellence, Lord, release upon me. Your discernment, your judgment, Lord, release upon me. Wealth and riches, blessings, glory, honor, power, release upon me. Sound mind, sound health, release upon me. Insight, judgment, revelation, knowledge, release upon me. An understanding of the times and the seasons, release upon me. Release upon me, release upon me. Release upon me. Release upon me. Release upon me.
and ask the Lord to promote you. Ask the Lord to promote you. Say, Lord, promote me. Lord, promote me. His hand fished out Saul when he was a nobody. His, the hand of God fished him out when he was a nobody. They did not sit until David came. He was with the animals at the backside. The hand of God brought him to prominence. Say, Lord, let your hand bring me to prominence. Let your hand bring me to my places of prominence and relevance and impact and influence. Tell the Lord you will be a person of the spirit. A person of the spirit. You will hear the voice of the spirit clearly. This thing is feeling. You will hear the voice of the spirit clearly. You will understand the divine moves of God perfectly. Say, Lord, help me to be extra sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit all of my days. If you are a parent or a grandparent, pray for your children. That the hand of the Lord will rest upon them wherever they are. That they will be for signs and for wonders as it is written. That they will do exploits for the Lord, their God in their generation. That always they will be in front and never behind. Always they will be on top and never beneath. That the Lord will enlarge their borders. He will increase their greatness. Pray for your children. Pray for your children. Come against barriers and obstacles and hindrances and difficulties. Along your pathways, command them to bow. Command them to bow. Every hindrance, every obstacle, you bow. Every affliction, I silence you concerning my life, concerning my wife, concerning my children, concerning my grandchildren. I silence you. Every delay, I put an end to you in the name of Jesus. Listen, you cannot come to the presence of the Lord and go back the same way you came. Tell the Lord what you desire in his presence this morning. Tell him what you desire in his presence. This, what do you desire from the Lord this morning? Can I ask you, what aileth thou? What aileth thou? What aileth thou? Oh mountain, what aileth thou that thou skippest like the calves? What aileth thou? What aileth thou? Lord, is this issue of a life partner? Grant that desire. Lord, is this issue of conception? Lord, grant that desire. Lord, is this issue of a job? I need a job badly. Lord, grant that desire. Let there be open doors. Let there be open doors. Let there be open doors. Let there be open doors to your people. Let there be open doors. Let there be rejoicing. Let there be rejoicing. Let there be rejoicing. Let there be celebration. Let there be rejoicing. Let there be celebration. Your stores are empty. Your stores are empty. Let every empty store be filled. 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 Oh, let there be an overflow. An overflow, an overflow of grace, an overflow of supply, an overflow of increase, an overflow of favor. Ah, may you be called Mr. Favor this year. May you be called Madam Favor this year. Receive that. That the favor of heaven will all mark your ways and your life this year. Lord, let me be called Mr. Favor this year. Let my spouse be called Madam Favor this year. Let my seed be called the children of favor this year. Let doors of favor open repeatedly unto us this year. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Receive your own new beginning this morning. Receive your own new beginning. Say, Father, by faith, I receive my new beginning this morning. 
Lord, by faith, I receive my new beginning this morning. A new beginning of love for you. A new beginning of intimacy with you. A new beginning of consecration and holiness. A new beginning of revelation and insight. A new beginning of hunger and thirst for things of righteousness. A new beginning of glory and honor and strength. A new beginning. A new beginning. A new beginning of insight and revelation into divine things. A new beginning. A new beginning. Last year, you sickness. I don't want to put it this way, but it was like last year was synonymous with sickness for you. This year will be different. I'm speaking to somebody. This year will be different. I command that you're destroyed. This year will be different. No infirmity, no sickness in your habitations. No infirmity, no sickness in your body. Sound health, sound health, sound health. That's your portion in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are lifted above all other gods. We lay a crown, no drums, and worship you. Lord, you are lifted. Above all other gods, we lay our crowns and watch. So, having said that, no, no, just, just the strings only, softly. No bass. Having said that. If you know that you are yet to be part and parcel of the covenant of grace, how does that happen? By confessing Christ as Lord and Savior. That's how you become a part and parcel of the covenant of grace. If you know that you are yet to be a part and parcel of the covenant of grace, everybody standing, you raise your hand above your head, I want to pray for you. You know you are... You want to be a partaker of the covenant of grace by accepting Christ as Lord and Savior. Raise up your hand above your head. I want to pray for such people. In other words, you are a stranger from the covenant of grace. You don't have a part in Christ. You are not a co-sharer in Christ. Just raise up your right hand. I, I want to pray for you. Whether up on the gallery or down here. If your heart is beating faster now, it's because you should do what I'm saying. I do not believe that everybody here is saved. There are people here who are not saved. I'm persuaded within me. I know there are people here who are not saved who should be saved. Your friends think you are born again, but deep down in you, you know you are not. And today is your day of salvation. If you will hear his voice today, the Bible says, Harden not! your heart where are you come home the time to come home is now just raise up your right hand above your head and where you are i will pray for you i won't even ask you to come to the front all eyes shut all heads bowed let everybody mind this our own business i'm waiting i'll wait for another 30 seconds before i drop this call <laughs> okay if you want to rededicate your heart to the lord used to be a born again child of God but you drifted and you are coming back home you want to rededicate your heart to the Lord raise up your right hand anybody 
You want to rededicate your heart to Jesus? I'm not seeing any hand either. Lord, therefore, for as many as are partakers of the covenant of grace, I pray for them this morning that the reality of grace, Lord, that all that grace can make to happen and that all that grace does will be a part and parcel of our daily experiences from today. In the name of Jesus, where men are falling, grace will be making us to stand. Where men are saying there is not enough, grace will guarantee our supply. In the name of Jesus, where men are saying there's destruction outside for us grace will be saying there's preservation for Zion in the name of Jesus where others are failing there we shall succeed because the difference between Egypt and Goshen was the covenant therefore it shall be obvious for it shall be seen that we are different for we are called by your name thank you because the era is now the season is now the time is now and it begins to the glory and honor of your name for it is our new beginning in jesus name we pray amen you may be seated god bless you